0: What's up everybody welcome back to remember the game it is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and i sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day my name is adam blank thank you so much for listening to the show and this week it is episode 163 and uh, we're going back to the original playstation the old school ps1 and we're talking spyro the dragon for the second time with Spyro 2, Ripto's Rage. I uh, I played the original Spyro, I don't know, like a year, year and a half ago, for the first time, after it won our Patreon poll, and I really liked it. I wrote those games off as a kid, kind of, like, because they came out while I was in high school, and I was like, ah, these look like they're for babies. And now that I've played both the first and second game in the in the original trilogy, I, I really like them. Um, they are maybe a little bit for babies, but you know what? So are those digestive cookies, and those cookies are fucking delicious. Um, And I've been meaning to get around to playing through the rest of the original trilogy for a while because I have a copy of the remastered trilogy here. Thank you very much, Keegs. And I don't want to play the remasters until I finish the originals because I'm afraid that, you know, going back, they won't seem the same. So i am done the second one. I've got two of them crossed off the list now. I have quite a bit to say about Ripto's Rage. I liked it. Some parts of it I liked more than the original Spiral of the Dragon. Some parts of it I liked a little less uh, my buddy Darren is going to be my guest this week. He was the guest we had on the original Spiral the Dragon episode. He's a huge fan of the series, loves the original game. He's got some conflicting opinions on the second one, which I found absolutely fascinating. And we're going to get there in just a minute because, speaking of being absolutely fascinating, it's time for yet another edition of the Remember the Game infamous intro. <laughs> If you're new to the podcast, welcome and consider this your warning. Our intros are fairly long, but they don't suck. It's I don't know if fascinating is an accurate description of our intro, but like we talk video games and stuff. It's a lot of fun, so give it a chance if you're if you're here for that anyway. Uh, quick note before I get into any of the other stuff I do during the intro. If you live in or around Calgary, Alberta, Canada land, Saturday, September 11th, I will be do hosting a panel at the Calgary Comic Expo. Get ready to hear me. I guess I don't call it the, Cal- the Comic Expo anymore. It's just the Calgary Expo. But uh, I'll be hosting a panel on Saturday the 11th at 2.45 p.m. It's going to be about podcasting and about starting a podcast and and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I applied kind of last minute and they were like, hey, we have an opening. We'd love to have you. So you can find that information on my social media or over at the, comic, the Calgary Expo. Uh, website i believe it's free with your admission to get into the panel i'll be there you can just come and say hi if you want tell me that i suck if you want to do that that's fine i don't know if anyone's going to attend the panel or not but i'm going to be there hosting one so expect to hear about that not only that well i mean you've already heard about it this week but expect to hear about it again next week because i I gotta promote that's it's part of it's the job you gotta promote Uh, and on the note of promotion as i'm recording this It is Tuesday, August 31st. So the calendar hasn't officially rolled over into September uh, as of the time I'm talking into this microphone. So I haven't seen my definitive totals, but I do know that August was a record shattering month for us. Like the jump from July downloads to August downloads this year might be the single biggest month of download jump, like jump number, like. The single biggest increase, that's the word I was looking for, as far as downloads go that we've ever had. Fucking incredible. I can't, like, we had 2,000 downloads in August two years ago. We had 10,000 downloads in August last year. We had 30,000 downloads in August this year. So 2,000 to 10,000 to 30,000 in 12 month spans. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away. So, uh, thank you all so much. Whether this is your first episode or your 163rd episode, thank you for listening. Uh, onward and upward. I probably wouldn't have gotten this panel without our downloads and I wouldn't have the downloads without all of you. So really, it's your panel. So just tell me whatever you want me to say and I'll say it when I get that microphone in my hand. Okay, but thank you anyways. I had to say thank you and I had to plug the panel. Now we'll get into all the other plugs and all the other stuff that I normally do during the intro. Uh, We have merch, hoodies, t-shirts, coffee mugs, tank tops, all that kind of stuff, rocking fucking red-looking art drawn by my man Joe. You can find Joe's work at 4545creative.com, and you can find all of our merchandise at rememberthegamepodcast.com if you're interested in supporting the show that way. Our new Console War Veteran t-shirt is up right now. It's gotten great feedback from people so far, which is fucking awesome. Uh, And of course, if you don't like clothes you can always support Remember the Game on the old Patreon service. And the beginning of the month, which is what, it's literally September 1st when this episode goes live, is the best time to support the show because you're going to charge charged the day you sign up and then you get charged on the first of every following month. So if you were to sign up now in the first couple of days of September, you have an entire month worth of benefits for two bucks and then you can decide if it's worth your two dollars to hang around or not because that's all it costs, two bucks a month, US. Uh, and in exchange for that two dollars, you get two additional podcasts every month week and they're not remember the game episodes you get exclusive access to both my gaming news podcast game patch every single friday where i look at the biggest news in the world of video games and you get my gaming discussion podcast expansion pass every sunday where we talk about all kinds of fun stuff you also get instant access to well over a hundred bonus podcasts that are already in the archives this past sunday on expansion pass we talked about our favorite games that we haven't finished it was uh it was kind of therapeutic actually because i think everyone listening to this has at least one video game that they really like but never got around to beating and it was nice to just kind of exercise those demons and just talk about it so as is becoming a tradition during the intro here here is a sneak peek of last sunday's episode of expansion pass our favorite games that we haven't finished admittedly the only elder scrolls game that's really grabbed me by the balls is skyrim but as i explained in the remember the game episode about skyrim that we did a a few months ago i honestly don't even entirely know what the main story of that game was i just really fell in love with playing it i put over a hundred hours into skyrim and i just loved exploring i would just raid dungeons and raid caves and kill everything I could find, kill all these dragons, pick up all this stuff, haul all of it back to that shack in the very first town from the game, and then sell a bunch of it off, or else add the dragon scales to my treasure chest upstairs that was full of 3,000 fucking million pounds of dragon shit. And It's almost like Minecraft to me in the sense of, I don't even care about trying to finish it. I just really liked exploring this giant world and just collecting stuff. It was almost therapeutic to me to just space out and just go and just fucking... Horde, that's the word I was looking for. I was like, hostile? No, horde. And just horde a whole bunch of stuff. that was last Sunday's episode and now for this Sunday's expansion pass uh I kind of I kind of feel like talking Sonic we did an episode a few months ago where we just talked Mario and it was just our memories our favorite games our opinions our hot takes we just talked about Mario everything encompassing that guy and I really had fun with that episode I want to do it with more gaming characters uh so we're gonna do Sonic this time around I, I'm a Sonic fan so I'm looking forward to talking about Sonic it's gonna be fun um and those of you that have been asking last year september 19th was expansion pass number 26 and it was gaming confessions and it was probably to this day it's probably our most popular infamous episode of expansion pass our listeners confessed their gaming secrets their big confessions i judged all of them it was a lot of fun uh so september 19th last year we did that i just punched my microphone september 19th of this year we're doing a part two. It's going to be a once-a-year thing. I'm really looking forward to that. That's coming up in a couple of weeks. And again, that'll be included in your two bucks a month. You'll get access to not only the original Gaming Confession episode, but the upcoming Gamers Confessions part two. So again, two bucks. Instant access to all those podcasts, plus new ones every week. Plus, you can join our Discord. You can vote in our Patreon poll, which is going live probably today. You get the ability to submit comments over all of our podcasts. You can DM with me, and you get a shout-out. Get to hear me mispronounce your name like I'm about to do to- most of these people, a huge thank you to our newest patrons Jungle Dumpster, Mitzi, Jay Hampton, Alicia Odo. Rage Mo, Thomas G, and Man of Few Words. Thank you all so much. Welcome to Remember the Game Industries Patreon.com/slash Remember the Game. Uh, I also have a PO box. You can find the address at Remember the Game Podcast.com. Just shoot me something little, just a, a postcard, a letter. Just tell me where you're listening. I'll send you a postcard back. We'll be friends. And you can find me on Twitch. If you go to Twitch.tv, just look for Remember the Game, not Remember the Game. Uh, I stream every Tuesday night. We play Tetris 99. I play it with the community. Anyone that wants to play is welcome to hop in and then other than that it's pretty sporadic i just hop on there whenever i have a chance sometimes i build lego sometimes i just play video games but it's completely free i don't even have subs and stuff turned on i'm not looking for your money i just want to hang out with the community all right there's the intro that's enough blowing myself let's blow some of you by blowing in the cartridge it is our opening segment here on the show every week i read a few comments and questions from our patreons usually gaming related but not always and we call this segment blowing in the cartridge
1: he blows all right he blows big time
0: And our first blower this week is Dan S who wrote in and said, Hey Adam, after you told me to give Super Metroid a chance, I did. I've done a total reversal on my thoughts of this game. The controls are tight. The gameplay is great. The graphics made me feel like a kid again, but I find that I keep getting lost. I play games for a max of 30 to 45 minutes a day. Sometimes I jump back into this one the next day and I'm finding that I have no idea where to go. Other than this thanks for the great recommendation, Dan you're welcome. I'm glad you're enjoying Super Metroid. It's one of the all-time greats and I you know what for what it's worth dude i've I've probably played through Super Metroid three or four times I, I haven't played it nearly as much as I've played like a Super Mario World or a link to the past or some of those other games. Uh, but I get lost all the time too. Expect to keep getting lost. That's part of a Metroidvania and the Metroid game is it's a lot of backtracking and every time you get a hold of a new item or a new ability that lets you access to new areas, then you're kind of backtracking and trying to figure out like, where was I able to go with this? Where can I go now? Um, that's, I get it. Sometimes it can be frustrating, but that's also kind of part of the, it's part of the charm. So um, getting lost, is that's a good thing. That means that you're playing it right if you're getting lost. If you weren't getting lost, then I would accuse you of cheating and looking up a guide. But I'm glad you're digging it. Super Metroid is fucking awesome. And hopefully it's getting you in the mood to play Metroid Dread in about a month. Because I can't wait for that fucking game. Uh, Jungle Dumpster wrote in and said, any plans on doing a comedy set in Brooklyn or anywhere in the city after stuff starts to get normal again? Let me know because I'd be there for sure. And I am the mutt had a similar comment and said, hey man, if you get back to Chicago for a comedy show, I would like to buy you a beer. Thanks, mutt. Uh, so for I guess in case you don't know, if you're newer to the podcast, I'm a stand-up comedian. That is kind of what I do when I'm not sitting in this room talking about video games. Sorry, just turning off my... Uh, turning off the sound on my phone. I'm waiting on a pretty important phone call. I may end up having to interrupt recording to answer it. So sorry about that. I don't know if you guys could even hear that. But at least I didn't have one of those obnoxious... Dude, if you're listening to this, we all know someone that has one of those obnoxious text notifications like that fucking Old Spice whistle and they always leave the fucking sound on. And then when they're having like a text conversation with somebody, their phone just keeps going off like every three seconds. And you're like, dude, we know you're having a conversation with someone. Turn that notification. Just turn the sound off so we don't have to keep fucking hearing that fucking... Fucking over! Oh God! Or fucking I remember sitting. Sorry, I'm not. We're gonna get back to video games, but I was sitting in the in the hospital one time. This was years ago. I was in there. I don't remember why I was even there, but I was at the hospital and I was in the waiting room waiting. And someone had their fucking sound on on their phone, and their text notification was a quack like a duck, like quack quack quack, and it was every fucking like 15 seconds quack 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 quack, and I just was like, dude. Oh, you're lucky you're in the hospital because someone's going to fucking cut you. Just oh, PSA to everyone out there. When you start having a text conversation and you're in public and you're in a quiet place where we can all hear your phone, turn your fucking text notification off. We don't need to hear it. We don't give a fuck. Oh, it makes me crazy. Anyways. Getting back to your comments, Jungle and uh, Mutt, um, if I'm ever going to perform in Brooklyn or Chicago. So I am a stand-up comedian. That's where I was going with this. But I'm also from Canada. I live here in Edmonton, Alberta. And uh, we can't perform in the States other than doing like a free open mic. It's a pretty big faux pas that we can work down there without like a visa or anything. And it's incredibly expensive and a big process to get it. And I don't really have any aspirations of touring outside of like fucking Western Canada at this point so i probably will never perform in those cities again but my girlfriend and i absolutely want to visit new york and chicago again because we've been to both i love both particularly well i really i was gonna say particularly chicago but i really like new york but i fucking dude chicago was just such a pimp in sports city i fucking love both of those cities so thank you for asking guys but yo i have, I have no dates in the states probably ever because i'm not allowed to work there but there you, but thank you for the thank you for the for saying that you would come to one of my shows. I appreciate that. And mud, if I'm ever in Chicago, I'll take you up on a beer for sure. Uh, Alicia. Odo, I hope I said your last name right, Alicia, wrote in and said, hey Adam, remember how kids' TV and comics and magazines had all kinds of flashy, fandangled ads for their products, more importantly video games? When you were a young kid, did you ever get sucked into a magazine ad or a TV ad for a video game and then you begged your parents to get it for you only to find that it was garbage and resulted in disappointment? If so, what game? So, the only game that I can think of where ads were the ones that convinced me to buy it and then I was disappointed in it was kirby's dreamland on the game boy and we have an episode of remember the game coming up about it where I'll get into more detail but i was super excited for that game i remember seeing all the ads for it everywhere particularly in my gaming magazines and that was the first game that i ever bought with my own money ever i saved up all my birthday money my christmas money like everything i could get my hands on to buy a copy of kirby's dreamland for the game boy and then i beat it the night i brought it home and I was devastated because that was like all the money in the like when you're a little and I was little like I was probably fucking eight or nine years old like it took me months to come up with enough money to buy that game and I worked so hard and then it was just like when Bart Milhouse and Martin bought Radioactive Man number one and they worked so hard to get it except I didn't have to share Kirby's Dreamland with anyone. I just okay I guess it's nothing like the Radioactive Man reference because it I, it didn't get destroyed. I didn't have to share it with anyone. I just beat it in like 20 minutes and was mad that I had spent all my money on a game that I could beat that fast. So that's the one that sticks out in my mind as a disappointment. But I will say, you know what game ad sticks out in my head maybe more than any video game ad that I can ever think of? Yoshi's Island. Super Mario World 2 for the Super Nintendo. Do you guys remember the tv commercial there was this fucking big fat guy and he was just eating and eating and eating and eating it was so gross he was just stuffing all his food in his mouth and then finally he like has like some whipped cream on his finger and he like shrugs and he like and like sucks it off his finger and then he like explodes that was the ad for Yoshi's Island and i i'll never and like that game didn't disappoint at all we got that game for christmas that year and that game was a fucking Oh, that game is so good. But I do remember that commercial and just being like, oh my God, I I just, I can see it in my head right now, that fucking big fat guy. I hope someone listening to this remembers that commercial. So that one didn't disappoint me. Kirby's Dream Land did. Those ads, dude, remember like the Crash Bandicoot ads? The old Sega ads where they would Sega does what <laughs> Genesis does, what Nintendo don't. And just like, I remember the Super Mario 3 commercial where like the people made Mario's face on the planet with all the signs. Like it was like the entire North American fucking con it just oh man i love old video game ads so much we could do a whole maybe we'll do an episode about like our favorite that would be i'm gonna make a note about that that would be a wicked expansion pass just like fucking favorite video game ads and i could even like edit some of them in i'm just putting that on my list here favorite this is good podcasting eh? i keep a a list of uh expansion pass ideas Cause I never know when I'm gonna need a new idea. So uh, now, where did my notes go? Okay, I'm back. All right, yeah, dude, this has been a horrible. itch. for anyone. That this is your first episode. This has been a horrible intro. I'm talking about text tones, and I'm talking about fucking commercials and typing in notes. And anyway, uh, Troy. Wrote in on Patreon and said, Hey, Adam, have you ever thought about doing a throwback episode for Expansion Pass where people can comment on any topic from past episodes? I know when I was a newcomer to the show, I wish I'd had the opportunity to comment on some of the rad topics of yesteryear's episodes. I have thought about doing something like that, Troy, but like we're up to almost 80 episodes and I do, we're, dude, our Patreon grows all the time, which is awesome. Thank you. Um, and then, yeah, people are like, Oh man, I wish I had been around for. Dude, look at some of the... Like, we've done... I mean, obviously, Gaming Confessions, we're going to do another one. But we did... Who'd be on Gaming's Mount Rushmore? Um, I mean, we just did... What's your favorite game that you've never finished? Who are your favorite villains? What are your favorite power-ups? Like, we've done so many crazy off-the-wall episodes like that. Um, I have thought about doing something like that. Or maybe just once in a while revisiting a topic from an expansion pass and giving more people an opportunity to get involved. Um, I don't know if I could do one that would include every episode because... As it is, we're getting sixty or seventy comments a week, and they'd be all over the map, and I don't know how I'd make them work. But yeah, if that's something you guys would be interested in, please let me know because I'd be more than happy to go back and revisit the odd expansion past topic and give new listeners a chance to weigh in on something that they might have missed out on before. I, I like that idea because we have some great fucking topics in the archives that I could talk about for days <laughs> if I if you if I had the fucking opportunity. Uh, I guess I make the own I make the opportunities, but a couple more here, and then we'll move on. Doug Dorn. So I want to weigh in on game length. I'm 38 years old. I have a young kid and a full-time jog, so I struggle to devote as much time as I'd like to gaming. I have an hour here or there, but by the time I've started up, I've forgotten where I am on most games. However, last night I had a couple hours and I played through the entire storyline of Journey after downloading it for free from Sony last year. And you know what? It was absolute perfection to be able to experience a complete, not to mention innovative and immersive story in one sitting. Too much attention these days is being or too much, att- too much attention these days seems to be on packing the hours in to justify the $90. I'd much rather a cheaper but concise quality product any day of the week. I agree a million times over, Doug. I've talked about that a little bit in the past. Uh, when it comes to gaming, I'm of the mindset of quality over quantity. It really has become, and it's not like this is new. This has been around for a while. It seems like right around the time where video games all suddenly needed to have a multiplayer mode put in them no matter what it seemed like right around the same time people started like just straight up associating a game's length with a game's value and it was like well if you can't get at least 60 hours out of a video game then the game isn't worth 60 dollars and that kind of stuff and i hate that i fucking i notoriously don't play a ton of big open world uh games like i have never played gta 5 i've never played red dead redemption 2 or the original red dead redemption um i don't play i've never played a dragon quest outside of the original dragon warrior i've been always been interested in dragon quest 11 but i try to more often than not i kind of stay my distance from those giant fucking hundred plus hour time sync video games because frankly i feel like respect my time you know what i mean like don't i don't i i would much i'll pay full price I have no qualm with... And, like, here in Canada, full price is 80 bucks, 90 bucks for a next-gen game now. I'll pay full price for a game that's 15 hours long if that 15 hours is fucking quality. I have no problem with that whatsoever. I would much prefer that over fucking 80 hours of just tedious, 9 mind-numbing, ass-sucking collectibles. Like, I, I much prefer a fucking short, precise game. I could not agree more with that, Doug. And, and that's... I will say uh, shout out to, if you're not into them yet, and I, I think it's a pretty common thing for most people now. Um, but if you're not into indie games for the love of God, I'm going to shout out indie games because a lot of them are shorter. They're also cheaper. And I would like, I've played some indie games, like a shovel night or something that I would pay fucking 80 or $90 for. And I got it for like 30 bucks and, and they're, and they're, they are and they they do not waste your time. It's all it's here's your one for the week. It's a lot of meat on the bone. You know what I mean? And that's what I want. Give me, give me a fucking 10 ounce steak. That's triple A and cooked to perfection over a 50 ounce fucking slab of shit beef that fucking sucks. Give me just stay precise. So I can't agree with you more, Doug. I infinitely prefer my games. Just fucking wrap up on time. Don't overstay your welcome. Leave people wanting more. That's something we say in the comedy business. Always leave them wanting more. I guess they say that in all kinds of businesses. But I agree with you, Doug. And I got to play Journey because I remember when that game came out. That game was winning like game of the years and stuff. And I never played it. I got to play it. And the idea that you beat in like two hours kind of turns me on a little bit. Uh, And Wolfgang Darren wrote in and said, I blanked on this for your sports episode a couple weeks ago, but what walk-up music would play if you were about to enter a game, regardless of sport? Uh, I actually have thought, I've spent way too much time thinking about this. And there's two options. My walk-up, like like imagine if I was like a baseball player, my walk-up song when I go to bat would either be Shake It Off by Taylor Swift, because I fucking love that song, or Return of the Mac. By Mark Morrison. One of those two. That beat to return to the Mac. Just fucking. Oh, that's fucking. Cla- oh, that's good stuff. It'd be one of those two songs, Darren. And then finally, before we move on, it's letter time. It's letter time. And Black Silver wrote into us on Patreon and said, "I love how a lot of these messages start with 'Hey Adam.' Anyway, Hey Adam." But, <laughs> I like that. What about kids these days? I'm not being derogatory here, but sympathetic. I was just thinking about this while I was fixing my son's, which is my old, Xbox 360. There are so many things kids these days are going to miss out on. Consoles post cartridge era are going to have shorter lifespans. So, in 30 years, when my son is feeling nostalgic and wants to pick up an Xbox 360, he's likely not going to have a whole lot of luck. Of course, there's always emulation, but it's just not the same. On top of that, the last few generation consoles have had so much focus on online games gameplay, that they will likely never get to have that experience again with certain games. My favorite games from back of the day might be shit by today's standards, but at least if I picked one up at a random garage sale, I could bet on it working. I've thought about that as well, Black Silver, because I do think, like to an extent, kids today might have an okay time playing the games they grew up with because services like game pass ps plus stuff like that they might just always be around like they might just be sitting there waiting for them anytime that they want to play but but there's two count so like i have thought of that and thought in, in, in that sense kids today might have a little bit of an, an easier time playing the games that they grew up with where but 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 there's two counterpoints to that. One is, uh, well, you brought both of them up, but one is the fact that so many of these games require online. And like, dude, I love Splatoon. The original Splatoon on the Wii U, I fucking adored that game. I like Splatoon 2 on the Switch as well, but I love the original Splatoon. And when those servers, I don't know if those, they've shut those servers down yet or if they're talking about doing it or what, but like when those servers are shut down, that disc is a paperweight. And, and you're right. More and more and more games are going to go that way. And as those servers finally get shut down, they're going to basically just be dead. And even if you want to emulate them online on like some fucking, you know, custom servers or whatever, I, I, I'm i talking out of my ass because I don't know anything about tech, but like if kids today make their own servers and stuff like that, it's not going to be the same. And uh, I don't, and the thing is, is like, I, you can't go back. You certainly can't go to all these kids that are playing these Fortnites and stuff like that online with, you know, dozens of other people and be like, uh, hey, we're going to take it offline. So that in 30 years, you'll be able to play it again. Obviously, you can't go there. But I agree with you. I think that is something that kids today aren't going to know the pleasure of like we are. Like if you were to go, I mean, you won't find one cheap at a fucking garage sale anymore because everyone thinks everything old is worth a fortune. But if you were to pick up like an old NES and a copy of like Ninja Turtles, you know, for 30 bucks at a fucking garage sale and bring it home and fire it up. I mean, you might have to play with the fucking cartridge forever to get it to work but once you finally got it working you'd be like yeah there's no updates i don't need online i can just turn this on whenever i want and fucking play it and that is something that kids are going to miss out on and that sucks for them and i agree with you that that is tough and the other thing is like you said, I think everything disc-based, you said that at post-cartridge era, and I agree, disc-based consoles are going to burn out. And like the Xbox 360, I love my Xbox 360 back in the day, but I went through three of them because of the Red Ring of Death. The Xbox 360 was just one example of those consoles not surviving, not standing the test of time, and that's going to continue to happen, and that sucks. And so the only thing I can hope is that, yeah, these games are made available to these kids through something like a legacy program, like something like an NES or an SNES Online even just something like that. And who knows if that'll ever be the case. Xbox seems to be doing a fairly good job of making sure their legacy titles are available on Game Pass or through download and stuff like that. Um, PlayStation, less so. We've talked about that a little bit in the past. Hopefully they fucking change their minds on that. But uh, yeah, I I never really thought about it until you said it like that. But yeah, kids today... They are going to, I mean, maybe they won't, you know, maybe they won't have that craving for nostalgia like we all will. Or maybe something will come out between now and, you know, 30 years from now or 20 years from now to let, you know, little Jimmy fire up Fortnite and play it when he wants to after that game is dead. But uh, they're definitely not going to have as easy a time as we are. Having said that, there's some games that we don't have a very easy time fucking playing either, looking at you, Secret of Evermore. Like, they're not all readily available either, so. But most of the big ones are. That could be a whole topic for a whole different podcast either. But, uh, but I agree. And I hope that you got your Xbox 360 working for your son. Guy, I love the Xbox 360. I wonder what that exists. Cause like, to me, that system's legacy is like, people thought it was great, but also people talk about the red ring of death. I wonder if it hadn't had the red ring of death problems, what its legacy would be. Cause I really, really liked the Xbox 360, but anyway i digress thank you so much to everyone that wrote in this week i appreciate it very much if you did not get read in this segment keep hammering me if i miss it i try to read different names and different stuff every week our algorithm around here is even funkier than youtube's because it's just in my brain and whatever my brain wants to do at that time uh let's change gears here and let's get into our smash hit segment the official game show of remember the game industries play one remake one erase one a huge thank you to classic concentration from the nes for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show the rules are simple every week i give our listeners three retro video games they can play one as it was released they can remake one as a modern game and the third game is erased from time forever and as always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one, and I'll explain which one that is in just a minute. Uh, we're talking Spiral the Dragon in the main portion of the podcast this week, which is a collectathon thon of types, so I thought I would go with three games from that era that are also heavily focused on collecting stuff. We're going with Donkey Kong 64, Jack and Daxter, and Banjo-Kazooie, and this is yet another week where the vote was a little tight, which I think is fucking awesome. I hate it when... 60-70% of people want to do the same order of things. I like it when it's close. Uh With 27% of the vote, play Banjo-Kazooie, remake Donkey Kong 64, and erase Jack and Daxter came out on top. It's not what I would do. I'll explain my logic in a minute. Three other combinations had more than 18% of the vote. Like, fourth place had 18%. First place had 27%. So that was... Amongst the closest votes we've ever had. I fucking love it. Uh, Let's see what a few of you said to defend your votes. Here, This is where you show your work and explain why you voted the way you did. Mitzi wrote in and Mitzi said, play Jack and Daxter. The game is very fun as it is. Remake Donkey Kong 64. That game is amazing and brings back so many memories. It needs to be remade. And then remove Banjo-Kazooie. That game is horrible and I will have no problems erasing it. That's, I mean, I'm not I'm not connected enough to Banjo-Kazooie to put you on double secret probation for erasing Banjo-Kazooie. I, but I will say that, like, oh, my God. I just, to say that Donkey Kong 64 is amazing and Banjo-Kazooie is horrible, that made me go, like, what, what, what? It, it, That got you read on the podcast. Because I fucking hate Donkey Kong 64 and I love Banjo-Kazooie. But fair enough. Fair logic. That's, I can get on board with that. Well, I can't. But I can, I can... Accept your take. I'll go that far. But then Thermopolis wrote in and said, I would play Banjo Kazooie. This game is fun and is as enjoyable today as the day it was made. I'd remake Donkey Kong 64. I want a good 3D Donkey Kong game, and I'll take any chance to make that happen. And I'm going to erase Jack and Daxter. I never personally played it, but there are other buddy platformers out there. Now, I think erasing Jack and Daxter is fucking lunacy, but I will say there are other buddy platformers out there. So if that's, if it's just like if you were to erase a buddy picture, like a buddy movie, there's three billion other ones. So I, all right, fair enough. Strife89 wrote in and said I'd play Banjo-Kazooie. I just replayed this game and while frustrating at times, I think it's good as it is. I'd remake Jack and Daxter. I never played the original, but I've heard so many good things about it and I remember seeing this game presented at E3 as a kid. And then I'd erase Donkey Kong 64. I wanted this game so badly as a child. I know that I got the chance to play it, but I have no memories of the gameplay. I'm normally a fan of 3D introductions to a series like Metroid Prime, for example, but I'd stick with the 2D predecessors and forget this game existed." That's sound logic, Strife. And you know what's wild? Look at those, those three answers I did. That's how I can tell that I did a good, like, good job by me. I'm going to fucking suck my own dick for half a second. It is hard to come up with three games that haven't already been remade that are all on a similar playing field that also somehow relate to a, to- a topic. And the first three comments I read this week, one's erasing Donkey Kong, one's erasing Banjo Kazooie, one's erasing Jack and Daxter. I think erasing anything other than Donkey Kong is fucking lunacy, but... To each their own. I like it when it's tight like that. I appreciate that. A couple more of you, S2Von5000, wrote in and said remaking Jack and Daxter is the only way to revive the franchise. I never played banjo, so goodbye. Donkey Kong deserves a remake more, but they're still making games in the series, so it'll be okay. Just play it instead. If you see a Kong on on the cover, the game is quality. I don't. Again, I don't know if I can agree that Donkey Kong 64 is quality. The big point you brought up to S2 Vaughn that I agree with a million times over is that remaking Jack and Daxter is probably the only way they're ever going to revive that franchise. If you don't know, Jack and Daxter was made by Naughty Dog. Naughty Dog has gone on to make Uncharted and The Last of Us. They're not going back to Jack and Daxter fucking ever. So, unless they either remake it or give the rights of that franchise to somebody else, that series is dead in the water. So. Fair enough. If remaking it's the only way to bring it back, then maybe burning the remake on it isn't a terrible idea. Uh, Chalupa Cabra said, Play Banjo. I just recently played through this game again, and other than a shoddy camera, it holds up and it's just a fun video game. Remake Jack and Daxter. I missed this one since it was released because I didn't own a PS2, so I'd love to give it a chance. And then erase Donkey Kong 64. Not that I have anything against Donkey Kong, I just didn't enjoy this entry in the series. I have nothing to add there, Chalupa Cabra. Oh yeah, you know what? I will say I played Banjo-Kazooie for the first time about a year ago for the podcast and I did play it on on the Xbox uh, Rare Replay port. So I didn't play it with the original Nintendo 64 controller. But uh, I also thought that other than a shoddy camera, it holds up and it's still just a really fun game to play. Of these three games, I think Banjo-Kazooie is the funnest game of the three. And I'm not even a huge 3D platforming guy, but I think Banjo is the best one of the three as far as fun goes. Uh, And then Dave Thompson wrote in, Every time I read your name, Dave, I'm like, remember now your name is Homer Thompson. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And it's just, it was, I was gonna say shout out to anyone that gets that reference, but it's obviously Zimzins. I just, I love the last name Thompson. Uh, Dave said, play banjo. I like that Burden bear, and I remember some of the non playable characters being pretty funny. Shout out to that fucking mole. I added that to Dave's comment, but I love that fucking mole and the way he would just chirp with Kazooie all the time. Uh, Dave continues, remake Jack and Daxter. I never played it back in the day, but I feel like they'd have more going for them in a remake than it just being a prettier version of the same old collectathon game that the others are. And then delete Donkey Kong 64, because I just watched the giant bomb duders play that game a bit, and that game seems terrible. The only regrets I have with this decision is losing the DK rap. Maybe I've made a terrible mistake. And Dave, I'm going to get to my answer right now. I would erase Donkey Kong 64, and that's my one hesitation as well. To lose the DK rap seems like it would be a bit of a travesty, but other than that, I fucking hate that game. Uh, I'm siding with the runner-up this month. 21% of you voted the same way I did, including Rogue Agent, who said, play Jack and Daxter. It's nothing special, but it's solid. Remake Banjo, just not in the Nuts and Bolts format. And then fuck Donkey Kong 64 and its wanky collect-a-thon. This game was inspired by all... Or this game inspired all future games with this bloated... What the fuck? I With this bloating... Okay, all right. No, uh, um, I don't think your comment... Copied into my notes properly, Rogue Agent. Fuck Donkey So I'm gonna kinda wing it. Fuck Donkey Kong 64 and its wanky collectathon. This game was the inspiration for all future games with this bloated mechanic. Ubisoft definitely stole this dumb idea. There we go. Um I agree with that order, and I don't even necessarily disagree with your logic, other than I think Jack and Dexter is kind of. special game but personally i would play jack and daxter because it's fucking great i would remake jack 2 or jack 3 and not make them into gta but that's not the topic today i love seeing me some original jack and daxter expect an episode of remember the game about that in the coming months as well Uh, i would remake banjo kazooie partially so that they would just do something with that franchise And partially because I think it's a great game that could just use a facelift and maybe a little bit better camera and stuff like that. Better voice acting. But I I love Banjo-Kazooie. And then I would erase Donkey Kong 64. It is the only mainline Donkey Kong game that I don't like. And I played a ton of Donkey Kong 64 as a kid. I loved the DK rap. But like, ugh. I thought about remaking it because I really wanted to like that game. But then I was like, I have the Donkey Kong Country Trilogy. I have Donkey Kong Country Returns. I have Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. I'm good. I don't need a 3D Donkey Kong. Just leave me with my 2D side-scrolling Donkey Kongs. Erase Donkey Kong 64. Uh, As always, thank you to everyone that played. Let me tell you about what I've been playing over the last week, and then we'll talk Spyro. Uh, Mostly Spelunky 2, because it's finally on the Nintendo Switch. And expect an expansion pass review of Spelunky 2 at some point down the road. And if you've not yet played the Spelunky games, they're on... I don't know if they're on Xbox. I actually have not sold that they're on Xbox. They might be. I I played the original on PlayStation. I played the second one on Switch. I know they're both on PlayStation and they're both on Switch. They are tough as ass roguelike platformers where you don't really keep any... Uh, you don't power up as you play through. You just go in, you die again, you die again, you die again, you die again. And it's all about practice. They're so silky smooth to control. They're so much fun. They're charming as fuck. For the love of God, if you haven't played Spelunky, give them a chance. So mostly I've been playing Spelunky 2. And then I've also been playing Final Fantasy X. I teased that last week. I've been playing Final Fantasy X on my Switch. Uh, because I want to review it on the podcast and I never finished it back in the day. And that's predominantly all I've been playing. I've been really busy this last week. I was on the road for a ton of stand-up. So I've just been bringing my Switch with me in my bag and firing it up when I have time. Uh, but almost, almost, almost um, 100%, <clears throat> excuse me, it's been Spelunky 2 and Final Fantasy Ten over the last week uh let's get into spyro that's why you guys are here i've dragged this out long enough let's talk spyro to Riptos rage as always i like to give some of our listeners a chance to uh voice their opinions sound off as they were on the game we're talking about before my guests and i take the spotlight so a few comments here adam's stank i love that handle wrote in and said money bags can suck a fat sweaty bag of dicks that's it Those are the worst kinds of dicks, too. I I don't, I mean, I like them fat, but not sweaty. That's gross. Uh, And Dan Taylor wrote in and said, fuck money bags. That is all. And as you're about to hear when Darren and I get talking, yeah, money bags is not a popular man around these parts. And I get, you'll hear, you'll hear when we get there. Keegs in his stupid arrow handle wrote in and said, this is my favorite of the three games. Adding the hover at the end of the glide was so huge for the platforming. All the new abilities add something fresh to the gameplay. And while, it, while making it so you have to backtrack to 100% a level is a little bit annoying, it's really not too bad. Ripto is an amazing villain and the boss fights are actually challenging in this game. Plus the bonus area for, area for 100% completing the game is awesome. I agree with just about everything you said there, Keegs. I have a little bit more of a beef with some of the backtracking, but I'll get into that in a minute but I think Ripto was an incredible villain and yeah by and large I do think they improved on the formula with this game Game Nomad Misi said, This is peak Spyro for me. The first one had a solid foundation, and the third game I felt had too many gimmicks going on at once. This one took what the first did and added a lot of characters and features that really added to the experience. Ripto was a far better enemy than Nasty Nork. He's always there to pester you in each world and was such a sniveling little creep. Some of those side missions sure pissed me off, though, especially ones where you had to escort someone for them to almost get to the end and then get hit having to start all over. Oh, yes, I agree with that a million percent. like the idea that they added side quests but some of them are just so fucking infuriating and then finally Master Boyg Said, so I, I played through this for the first time last winter with the Reignited version. It's just a solid, such a solid package. It kind of reminds me of Tony Hawk 2 and its level design. You have to explore the levels a bit to complete goals and there are multiple paths you can take, but it's neither too linear nor too overwhelming in its open world light levels. The gems are like the Bills in Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2, especially since the most challenging part of the game is getting 100% of the gems. I'm not a trophy hunter or anything, but I genuinely found it exciting and rewarding to wrap this game up without any googling. You can find every gem just by messing around in the levels for a while and it's not too intimidating to do so the platforming is great and i love how the characters look it's an awesome cartoony game uh and added as an added bonus you can really see the ratchet and clank dna here especially in the metro in the metropolis level ratchet and clank is my all-time favorite franchise and i love that you can see the blueprints of it in the Spyro series uh, i agree with most of what you just said master boy especially one of the things that i adore about the spiral games is that 100 percenting them isn't it's not like a it's not it's not It's not like you can just turn the game on and 100% it, but it is totally doable without Googling stuff, and I really, really appreciate that. That's a big thing to me, too. I agree with that. So let's get into it. Let's talk Spyro 2, Ripto's Rage. I'm going to cue up that music. And when the music stops, my buddy Darren and I are going to look at Spyro 2, Ripto's Rage, the sequel to the original Spyro the Dragon, which originally released on the PlayStation in North America on November 2nd, 1999. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Let's go. All right, so joining me via the blank phone this week is a good buddy of mine, a fellow comedian, making his, uh, Spyro, I was gonna say triumphant return, but I, I don't know, we'll see how this episode goes, but making his return to remember the game, it's my buddy Darren, how's it hanging, buddy?
1: I'm good, I'm good, how are you?
0: I'm good uh i'm good we're talking spyro 2 and the thing is when i like so i never played the spyro games as a kid and then i played the first one a while back and it was delightful and you are probably the number one person that has been up my ass being like you should really play the spyro games you're not the only one so all you other people out there don't fucking yell at me you all count but darren's probably been the most vocal and darren was also like yo if you ever play spyro i'd love to come on the show and you and i covered the original spyro i don't know probably about a uh yeah about that yeah and I think we agreed dude the original Spyro the Dragon is a dope video game it's easy it's chill but it's perfect it was really fun game and I was super excited to play this one and I remember you saying that you were like I want to know what you think of Spyro 2 so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the floor to start because you're a far more uh you're you're a far <laughs> more knowledgeable Spyro fan than me I have finished Spyro 2 I know you've played it
1: yeah what's yeah. your thought what, where do you I stand on this base throughout your play I don't like it as much. I, I, the best way I could put it is the way Spyro 2 looks to me is it's kind of like if you have like a group project where like you have five different people working on it. No one knows what anyone else is doing until you actually get up to your presentation day. Like it's all over the place for me. I I feel the first one, like you said, it's super simple. It's chill. It's easy. It's straightforward. Um, when I get into Spyro 2, it's going to sound more like, Uh, Constanza's like airing of grievances like i (laughs) i i don't i don't hate the game and as far like i think it's a good game like it's entertaining it's fun but it's just i feel like if this was like an an essay or a paper it could have probably used a couple more edits and lookovers before it was actually produced because i've got some issues with it (laughs) so it's funny
0: (laughs) it's funny because like you said that before i even started i knew that you were like You were skeptical of Spyro 2. You were like, I don't know. And the way that you had talked to me about it, because I went in blind, uh, and the way that you had talked to me about it, I was expecting like a complete 180. Like for those of you that have played Jack and, have you played the Jack and Daxter trilogy?
1: I have not. That's the one I haven't touched.
0: Okay, so the original Jack and Daxter is just this charming little platformer. And then in Jack 2, it suddenly becomes like GTA and you're stealing cars and you have guns and it's just, it was a whole different. I hate, I didn't hate it, but I was like, what the fuck? I was like, why, why did you guys change the formula so much? That's what I was expecting with Spyro 2 after talking to you. And then I sat down and I played it and I actually. Cause I don't I think I like it more than you, but I will say I I you have a great analogy when you when analogy when you said that it's like four or five people were making different games, and then in the last three days before the game had to go to gold, they were like, okay, put them all into one file somehow. Um because like at its core, I'm like, well, there's still it's still basically just a spyro game. You're just this little somewhat mouthy purple dragon running around picking up crystals with a dragonfly. And I was like, okay, like that's all Spyro is supposed to be. But then like they 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 do they add in like like side quests and they add in this almost metroidvania as, aspect to it where you have to unlock new abilities and then go back to previous levels and use those unlocked abilities and i, I didn't i i think i liked the I, like what I, by the time i did okay here's you know what? I think I 98%ed this game or something. And the first Spyro when I finished it, I was like I got to I got 100 I need a 100% this game, like I 110%ed it or whatever it was. This one I finished it and I was like I'm done. I it wasn't bad, but I have no interest going back and finding that oh, no, last that's 2%. Exactly where I feel
1: It's so hard to 100% it, like it's it's not linear. It's it's you're jumping all over the place. Um the abilities thing bothers me. Uh you said something earlier that I was just going to comment on where it's like Oh man, I'm drawing a blank now, but it's like, pun intended. Um, uh, oh. <laughs> ah,
0: yeah, it's my <laughs> shitty last name. Um, but
1: no, like it is, it is like, it's not a bad game. Like the no. graphics still hold up relatively the controls. Like for the most part, it controls very well for a game of that kind of like uh perspective, like a yep. third person and it, the levels still look great. And there's just so many things that drove me crazy with it throughout. And I know that uh, when we kind of touched base earlier, like you were talking about how you think you might like it more than the regular or something. I was like, how, how? (laughs) Well, about,
0: I would say the first half of it, I did like better than the first game. I was just like, because I felt like there was a little bit more variety. I liked that there was like some side quests and I liked some of the other characters. Like I think Ripto was a great villain, him and his two sidekicks there, like his bebop and rocksteady. And, and I, I actually didn't hate the, like, I can't remember their names now, but there's like the girl and the little professor and the cheetah, the cheetos cheetah guy. Oh,
1: the, the cheetah's Hunter and he sucks. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Hunter sucks. But the other two I thought were okay. And so I'm playing, you know, I'm like, then
1: there's, oh man, you no no, like, the, you're who did you hate? So, like, did you hate the professor guy? I hated the knockoff Scrooge McDuck bear. Well, yeah, he
0: sucks. Sure. So like that guy. Okay. <laughs> like, Cause I knew you hated him. If you guys haven't played Spyro two, there's this guy who's, yeah, he's like a bear. Who's a blatant ripoff of like Scrooge McDuck. And every time you come across him, he's just holding a money bag. <laughs> (laughs) And he's in a suit. And he's just standing in these fields of these castles. And he's like, oh, hello there, Spyro. I sure would like you... I don't know why he sounds like he's from down in the bayou. But he's like, I sure would like to help you save our world. But you're going to have to pay me for these abilities. And it was just like... Part of me was just like, hey, fatso, if you want me to save your fucking world? How about you just teach me how to climb a ladder, which is one of the abilities he has to teach you. And I agree with you that I thought that was stupid, but I'll also say there was never an instance in this game where I didn't have 200 times the money that he wanted for his abilities. It was more of just an inconvenience to have to go find him and then go back to levels with the abilities he gave me to 100% them. Like, like-
1: yeah like the latter one specifically i think when you go in that first cave there's like a ladder and you need to go up there to get something else but like one of my issues with it is like compared to the first one is there's like there's no continuity between the two spirals like if you do you remember how the first one ended like the ending of the first spiral. you
0: no you save well you save the dragons and then they're all like you're a hero now but i don't yeah remember. but do you remember
1: like all the dragons like recrystallize Oh no, I don't remember that. Like no. Something happened okay, yeah, Something happens at the end of the first one. Like Spyro's wearing sunglasses or something and he's like chilling out. And then all of a sudden something comes over like the artisan village area or whatever and like all the dragons recrystallize. And they never address that. It's like it never happened. <laughs> so like the second one, it's like I'm still worried and like what happened to all those dragons back there? Is someone else gonna take care of that? Like uh, I never thought of that. They just kind of they completely forgot about it. And then also like in the first one, there's like Shallow pond water thing and like spyro's deathly allergic to it and all of a sudden then like i'm like oh great this is awesome that means no crappy water levels yeah and then all of a sudden this one is like no 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 spyro loves to swim and it's like all of a sudden he's (laughs) swimming like i'm like i thought you were like you're like you touch water in the first one your dragonfly like changes color and you lose life and this one is like nah i'm gonna swim like
0: yeah you're and then right. like
1: don't get me started with the whole like 3d swimming like swimming levels suck in general agreed
0: but that's a that's a fucking have, rule around here for the record for any of that, you, that maybe this is your first episode not did sorry darren i'll let you finish but just in case this is your first ever episode of remember the game we have just an unparalleled rule around here that swimming levels by and large are terrible they're they're incredibly rare you know, exceptions
1: incredibly rare do you know what's worse do you know what's worse than swimming levels what 3D swimming levels. Where it's like, oh, I have to go up and down and left and right, forward, back. Like the, the, the whole world with the swimming and stuff, that kills me. Like there's, oh man, I, now, again, it's going to be an area of grievances for me. <laughs>
0: but now, okay, because like it's, you bring up a good point. Because on one hand, they're right, there's no continuity from the first game to the second game. And as you're explaining that, half of me is like, now, I know that you and I are both grown men talking about these games, but I'm like, I do feel like Spyro, at least on the cover, is marketed toward children. And so I was like, maybe they're like, well, kids aren't even going to care about the continuity. like, And I was like, so I'm thinking that. But then on the same token, I'm like, well, if you think that these games are going to be marketed to children that don't care about the continuity, then why do you have to change everything about the game? Because they're children. Why couldn't you just have made the same game with different levels? So I, I get that. Like, it's... I agree with you, like, and I want to stress this, like, and you've already said it. This is not a bad video game. Like, I have played, dude, I just finished playing the first Tomb Raider on my PlayStation to get ready for an episode of this show. I don't know which episode will go up first, so I don't want to ruin my thoughts on Tomb Raider. But I thought by and large, this game played and handled much better than Tomb Raider did. Like, this is not a bad video game. They're just, they tweaked the formula a lot. Yeah, and no, it's-,
1: it's not bad. I just feel it's sloppy.
0: Yeah, it's, it's like, it's like when McDonald's changes the recipe on something and you're like, this is still the Big Mac, but it's not the same Big Mac. That's like, I just like when I was done it, I just, when I finished the first Spyro, I was like, I think I have a little bit of a crush on that game. Like, I love that little dragon. I thought that was such a fun game. I had great time playing it. And when I finished this one, I was like, well, that was fine. I have no urge to ever play that again. Like it was, whereas the, and I don't know what it, I don't know what, cause I don't, I don't know what it is about it. Cause I don't hate, I don't like the money bags guy, but I, I just thought it was annoying that like, I'm the type of person that when I go into a level, I want hundred percent that level before I move on it. And like, this goes to crash bandicoot who I fucking love. This goes to every video game out there. That's like this. It drives me absolutely fucking bonkers. When I know for a fact, some of the stuff I need to hundred percent a level is somewhere that I can't get to, but you haven't explained to me that I can't get there because i was trying everything i could come up with to climb that fucking ladder i was like googling it i'm looking up fucking the manual and then finally i find out oh you have to buy it from tubby there and then you don't get a chance to buy it from tubby for like another five hours and then i have to backtrack and be like so which levels did i not hundred percent because i needed this fucking ladder ability and it just seemed completely pointless to me the only reason that seemed to be there was to stretch out the length of the game if you wanted to 100% it, because it's not hard to pay him if you're collecting crystals with any regularity you're going to have infinitely more money than you need to pay him for his abilities and i agree with that that was i just found it to be a complete nuisance like just it had no reason to be there it was just annoying the, the other
1: thing i the other thing i felt that kind of made it more difficult to 100% and backtrack on and this might just be because i'm stupid um is i struggled traveling between worlds like, if you wanted to go back to somewhere, it's, like, trying to find... I, I felt like I found myself getting lost Dude. a lot in this game.
0: Oh, Darren, I got lost. So, so like, if you've not played Spyro 2, um, if I'm not mistaken, in the first game to unlock, like, future levels, you just had to have a certain number of, like, gems.
1: Whereas in yeah, this one... gems or dragons unlocked or whatever. Right.
0: Yeah. Whereas in this one, you had to get all the talismans. Like, every level had, like, a little token but, that they would give you when you finished it. And I but ran into the that first twice. two worlds
1: have the talismans. Oh, that's they just, right. They, they just, they just leave the talismans yeah. and like, you just don't get talismans anymore.
0: Yeah. They just scrapped them in the third one. And I, I was going to say, I agree with you, dude, in both the first and the second world, I was missing a level and I could not find it. And then if you can find the, the girl whose name escapes me again, but like the leader of the new people, she'll like, she'll be like, Hey, do you yeah, want me yeah. to take you to another world? And I was like, sure, but I couldn't fucking find her either. And I was just like, God forbid, just give me like a pause screen map or something, a compass, something. Because I agree with you. That yeah, was harder th- than almost anything you had to do in the game was finding all of the fucking levels.
1: Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, that was so that was something that definitely uh, I didn't like. Um, what were your thoughts on like in some of the levels those little like power up portals to give you extra ability. Now,
0: okay now that's where i was gonna go that was one of the things that i actually there are aspects of this game that i like more than the original spyro i liked that i thought a oh, couple of the missions I didn't, i'm yeah. thinking of the mission in the fucking lava world where you have to like super dash through the entire world without bumping into anything to fucking 100 percent that level that level i almost broke my controller on but
1: by and large uh, I, I i i what's that i didn't like it i I hated i hated the little power-up portals it's like oh oh, you kill 14 things and then you can it's like why why are you making me do like just i just want to finish this like and the thing is the thing i liked about the first spyro was it was super simple yeah super easy there was no other changes other than like those flying levels but you just get the gift of flying during those levels right um it's not like you get the inspiration after killing fourteen bad guys. All of a sudden, it's like I feel like I can fly now. But it, um, the thing was,
0: like in this one, because you're right, like you like you find these portals, and it says you have to kill, you know, fourteen enemies to get to activate this portal or what have you. That'll give you like a temporary ability. But it was very rare that I found by the time I got to the portal because I explore so thoroughly that I didn't already have enough enemies killed or close. And then there was the odd one, like that one where you had to run through the lava level that pissed me off. But for the most part. I actually found that those little bonus abilities like worked well, and I th- I thought they provided just enough variety to be like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, okay, you're gonna change the script just a little bit. I did like they didn't bother me so much. That was one of the things I liked a little bit was that it it just threw a, it was just like some of the side quests I thought were awesome to get those green orbs, and some of the side quests were torture. But I did appreciate so Adam, that like, they were changing it up at least. You know, you're
1: you're a big Mario fan. Yep. Okay, so imagine if you're playing Mario and you had to like kill seven Goombas before you got a fire flower.
0: Right. No. No. I. Yeah. I get
1: it. But at the like, same time, uh, they they could have easily done it with something else to still give them the ability to for the super blast fire or, the, uh, like, it could be something <laughs> as easy as like a Mario box. Like, why do I have yeah. to find like? Because at some points, like some of these enemies were like hidden in separate caves that you could easily miss and have no reason to actually have to go in there, other than to kill that enemy like it just seemed like that that was the thing that bugged me is because like every other game i can think of or the ones that i typically play if you get a power-up of some kind it's just like a box you break or it's something you just get and you have a power-up for that level if it's needed for that level yeah and it does give you the versatility to do it not like okay i've got 13 of the 14 enemies killed i don't know where the last one is so I guess I'm not going to. And like-
0: I, yeah, I can get on board with that. I, I will say that because I, I liked the abilities themselves. But I guess in a way, it's almost like the fucking the fat bear selling you new skills. It, it, like, I never really thought about it because it was very rare that I found myself. Maybe I just got lucky, but it was rare that I found myself being like, fuck, I, I, gotta, I don't know where the fuck more enemies are that I have to kill except for that lava level because there's those big guys you have to bump into the lava and they're a pain in the ass and you have to kill like a dozen of them to get enough power to even fucking activate the gate i guess like because i liked by and large what it did with these gates and adding in these like the variety of gameplay and the new powers but you're right i guess in hindsight it would have made sense to just be like okay well then just go to the gate and get your power like you know what i mean like you're not gonna have to kill all these guys to get your power it's the same as going to find tubby to buy new abilities it just feels like they're trying to stretch the game out a little bit that's what it feels like is like they were just adding stuff in to make the game longer than it was um, well, I feel
1: if you think about when this game was made, it was kind of like, I'd say around that time where games were starting to get a bit more complicated a bit, you know? Yep. Like you had, like when Spiral 1 was made, it was still kind of on that traditional looking platformer type thing. And then when this one came out, it was like, it just seemed like a bunch of unorganized thoughts coming together. Well, let's give them abilities. Let's, let's put these other characters in. Let's make them, like, it just seems like... They were trying to add too many other things, and that's where I kind of – when I get the idea where I said it was kind of sloppy, right. if you will. Yeah. So – Now, I will say – said Sorry. Game, you you cut I, out there, Darren. Oh, I was just saying that said I'm still not saying it's a oh. bad <laughs>
0: – Well, now, I will <laughs> say, though, one thing I, that I really like, too, speaking of like – is like I, I did like how they – When I was playing the original Spyro, there was nothing wrong with how every level was just, well, you got to save a certain number of crystallized dragons and be the hero and then pick up all the gems. Like And I was like, this is fine. Uh, But like I said, I I did like how in this world and maybe you're right if you're if you're going like how this game was kind of made piecemeal by a whole bunch of different people i really did like how it felt like every individual level had a little bit of a different feel to it it felt like you were going to a different world there were different characters and a lot of the little characters were actually pretty funny and charming like some stupid little characters and some of the weird little things that they do and i and i and again and that ties into like those gates and stuff like that like I never found my, there was, as much as I liked Spyro, it was very the same game the whole way through. And I there were times in this game where I got frustrated that I was like, fuck, why are you changing it so much? But there were other times where I was like, oh, I can't wait to see what this next level is going to do. I can't wait what this next level is going to be like. Do you know what I mean? And it was, I found it to be, it's kind of a yin and yang. Sometimes it irritated what me I, and sometimes I thought it hit really well and it was fun
1: to change What I it did up. like what they did with the, what they did with like, because like each world, they kind of have like their, They're a little like war with another group of people in each world or whatever. But the one thing I did find that was kind of funny that uh, they would do is like have those little cut scenes after you left. Yes. Where they would have some kind of interaction with the good guys or the bad guys or whatever, where they're kind of cohabitating in the area, but nothing super... Like, it's just kind of like funny. They were almost the like I Mr. Bean
0: it. skits too. Cause like they didn't talk like they were just, they were just kind of act out like these little things where like, yeah, the bad guys or whoever the, whoever the villain in the little like conflict was would end up getting their comeuppance and the good guys would win and cheer. And it just like this fucking, it makes no sense that this Spyro dude is just like teleporting from world to world, solving their problems. And then in exchange for solving their problems, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then in exchange for solving that town's problems, they're going to give them whatever their most prized possession is. And if he can collect all of these towns prized possessions, he can move on to the next world and do it again it was it's an odd concept for a game, but it it I thought it worked one thing you know what Darren one thing that really stood out to me that I thought was a vast improvement over the original Spyro I didn't find that they hit as many gems in almost like game breaking locations in this one like in the first one there was a lot of levels where there were a few gems where you're like, you kind of had to creep around a corner and wing the camera around to be like, oh, there is a little ledge back hidden in behind here. Do you know what I mean? In this one, I didn't find it to be nearly... It was more of a challenge of just figuring out like how to get them without dying, but I didn't find that the gems were hidden in his, uh out-of-reach out of, out of reach places, if that makes
1: sense, in Spyro 2 as I it was. I think in the... I think they were in the hub worlds anyway. The hub world was a little like, bit of a pain. Yeah. But the hub worlds would be kind of like, especially when you'd have to go swimming to find them. It was like, Oh, <laughs> it's underneath and around. Like it's uh like I found, not so much in the main levels, but those hub worlds they would hide those gems quite a bit
0: yeah the well, I just thought that the like this goes back to not even being able to find the levels i just i personally like as someone that's played a lot of 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 like platforming and these types of games, I just thought the hub worlds were very poorly designed. they were way too big and way too mazy, whereas I thought that the level design in this game overall i actually I personally think that the level design was better than the original spiral. Like once you went into the levels, it was navigating the overworld was infinitely more of a pain in the ass than going into the like well, the like, levels themselves.
1: In the first one with the hub worlds, like it kind of almost, you could count on there being like a North, like a North portal, a South portal, an East portal, a West, portal. like they were kind of spread out in a way that made sense. Whereas like in this one, it'd be like, Oh, the portals randomly on the third floor of a castle or something like yeah. that. And it's like, Oh, okay. Like they were Finding them was a lot more challenging. Oh, such, a,
0: and then, dude, and then the amount of times that I would find a portal and just be like, "Oh, fucking right," and then realize it's one that I've already done, and I was just like, "Ah, for fucks." Even if you could have just opened up, because like, oh, that was another thing that irritated me was you'd, you'd hit the pause menu and you'd bring up that like storybook. And then you'd have to flip to whatever world you were on. And then you could see, all you could see were the worlds that you've been to, the levels you've been to, and then what percent of the completion they are. I wish it had listed, even if it hadn't listed the names of all the worlds, even if it had just left like dot, 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 zero percent. So that I knew like, okay, there's still two portals here that I haven't found yet. Like I had no idea even how many more portals there were. Sorry, everybody. We just had some technical difficulties there. I didn't pay my, my power bill. Uh, but what we were talking about was how I I, I said that I wish that the Overworld had told us how many total levels at least there were. Even if you didn't tell me where they were or what they were called, let me know that there's still three portals somewhere in this fucking overworld that I haven't found yet. Because that I found irritating. More than even looking for them, I found it frustrating to not know how many more there were even out there I was trying to find to begin with. That
1: bugged me. Yeah. I, well, the problem I had was the similarities in the names. And then I'd find myself going to the same one more than once not realizing I had already been there yeah again that could be a me problem not a
0: (laughs) no no that was a me problem too Um, okay so yeah like I I guess yeah like uh, that would probably actually be my single biggest gripe with Spyro 2 was I just found the overworld very impractical because like I said into the worlds I thought like listen dude what's the name of that level in Spyro 1 is it treetops or something
1: yeah, yeah, the one where you had to go and kind of supercharge and make like, that jump. It, yeah,
0: I, I like, I still think about that level. Like, I hate that level so much. And I will say, there was not a level in Spyro Two that fucking pissed me off as much as Treetops did in Spyro One. Not even there, close. Not there even There was close. one.
1: There was one for me, and it might have been more of because I was playing all, without an analog controller. I was playing uh, just on the. Uh, uh, directional buttons yeah it's uh, but th- but that that world with like the dinosaur fire lizard things yeah i found it very difficult to save all the cavemen in the amount of time you needed to like with those controls
0: yeah agreed
1: that that was the one that kind of i struggled with like maybe not as much as like that treetops one but just kind of like i did it once and they're like oh there's more and then it's like oh that's okay so the second one i really struggled to go through to get all of them like i don't know if i was just picking the wrong route to get them all or if they uh or if it was the controls or what but that was something where i was like nope i'm good i don't need to get the second one (laughs) yeah moving on
0: yeah i kept getting stuck there too that's the one where there's like all these giant eggs and as you yes. get kind of close to them, the giant eggs hatch, and these dinosaurs come out and chase out the cavemen and eat them. And you have to go yeah. kill all the dinosaurs before they eat the cavemen, dude. The seventh and eighth cavemen, because you had to do you had to figure out like there's obviously a specific order you had to go in, and that's yeah. fine. But like I clearly figured out what the order was, and there were the two that you had to kind of loop back and go get. And motherfucked, it took me so long to get to that eighth guy at the top of those stairs. And I played mm. it with a D pad as well, and I just was like. Again, nowhere near as frustrating as fucking treetops was. But that fucked with me. And then I think I've already mentioned it, but the one where you're like, there's like a lava area and there's all these big fucking goons and you go through a gate and get the ability to run at like turbo speed. And as long as you hold the square button, you'll keep running at like head bash turbo speed. And you basically have to run through the entire level, get up top, run across this narrow runway, then jump off, stick your landing and run into this chest, to open it to get like four jewels. It took me so, no, no single part of the game took me more attempts than that part, trying to break open this one fucking chest in that fire level, which again, still not nearly as bad as fucking treetops, not even close, but there was a couple of moments where I think, yeah, I think playing it with an analog might've made a difference because I played it on my PS classic and used the D pad as well. But I will say though, overall, I didn't find the D pad to be too constricting. Oh! Because, dude, remember, Darren, in the first
1: game, you had to chase down those fucking wizards with the eggs, too. Yeah, but but those were... I I know you hated those I a lot more I hated those motherfuckers did. so much. I felt so accomplished when I got them, though. Well, that, sure. Nah, 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 like, those guys, yeah. But it was like... I, I don't know. I, I didn't mind that part in
0: the first. Well, thing. I'm sure people that can beat Dark Souls fucking feel accomplished too. But it doesn't mean I'm going to suffer through it. I can't fucking that. I I was so pumped that those little fuckers with their stupid na 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 they didn't fucking exist in this game. And there is a couple moments where you have to do chasing challenges, but none of them were as frustrating as those little motherfuckers. Oh, I, fuck! I hated those guys. <laughs> fuck! I hated them. I was so excited when I realized that those little shits weren't going to be in this one. Oh my god! I was happy um also i wanted to shout out one particular part it's the it's not like it's hard but there's one of the little mini games where you have to play like almost like uh air hockey but you're the paddle and it's oh yeah
1: yeah yeah in that little monk world
0: yeah and it's you and a caveman against two other cavemen playing hockey and it's not like it's hard but i thought that was excellent i had so much fun playing that i was like this that's what i was that's stuff like that stuff like the one where you have to shoot down the guys that are climbing on the flagpoles with your fire and then chase them and get the flag back like those little mini games i thought like those little side quests if you want to call them that i liked those because i was like that's where the variety comes in where i was like this is fun like now you're changing well, it, it up a little bit, you know?
1: Um, in the, uh, remake, the trilogy one, they cleaned up that air hockey kind of thing quite a bit.
0: Oh really? I have so the remake it's, it's sitting better, here. I'm ready to play. Yeah. Them, yeah.
1: It, it's, it's better. It's better in the, uh, in the remastered version. Cause it's like the, the, the graphics do make a big difference. Like it just looks so much sharper and cleaner and it's a bit more fun. I feel on the remake of that. But the other thing you're talking about, like the side quests and things, uh, I guess I've gone through my list of the things I hate about the game. So I'll be a little bit more positive. (laughs) Um, But the one thing I thought that was kind of cool was like the kind of wrapping up level after you finished versus like what it was in the first one. Like the first one is basically just all that treasure, all those gems that you kind of go around and clean up and you get like how like 500 like uh, gems in a short period of time. Like that was kind of cool. But in this one where it's actually like spiral gets his vacation and there's like the different games and stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you go to like a, it's almost like the golden saucer in Final Fantasy 7. You go yeah, to like yeah, this yeah. like total amusement park. I was I was admittedly a little bit floored by that cuz I was like I did not expect them to put this much into like an end game. Like this yeah, is it's just
1: like just kind of mini games and stuff at the end. So that 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 was something that I liked about it. And, and uh, when you mentioned the uh uh the kind of some of the side quests I didn't. Okay. I didn't. Sorry. One more. I didn't love the orbs. I, I, the orbs kind of frustrated me, but anyway, um,
0: like you just mean like the idea that you had to go around and collect all of them type thing
1: or just the inconsistency of like how you acquire them. Some of them, you just stumble upon others. You have to do like an annoying quest or whatever, but, uh, yeah. So the orbs, I wasn't crazy about, but the, uh, that end level thing, when you talked about like the kind of mini game sort of thing, that's kind of made me think of that.
0: Yeah, I liked that end level. And you know what? You know thing, th- I just thought of this too. In the first Spyro, I uh, I shouldn't say hated, but I really, I liked the idea of the flying levels where you had to take out like eight of targets, eight targets, eight targets, eight targets. But I I always, I, like, I realize there's like a certain, because you're like, if you've never played it, you're controlling Spyro, he's flying. And I actually don't think he controls super horribly while he's flying, but you have like, you know, 30 seconds to take out 32 targets uh, but every time you take out a target, you get, you know, X amount of time added back onto your clock and you got to finish it before you run out of time. I didn't I remember playing those in the first one and getting pretty stuck on one or two of them. I, I don't know if they were better designed this time or if they were easier or maybe I just don't suck as at video games as much. I didn't find them as frustrating this time around.
1: I didn't touch them in the second one. Like for me with this second one, I just kind of like, I'm going to do the bare minimum yeah. to get me through this. Yeah.
0: No, I, yeah, they, I, like, I just, I, I don't know what it was about them. Maybe they were just, I'm sure part of it is the developers learned from the first game. Uh, I just thought they were much more con- like fluid, like the design. I, I actually thought they were a lot of fun. Like they were levels that I actually look forward to playing as opposed to being like, oh Jesus, like I did in the first one. Um, and like, yeah, he handles, he handles okay. He ha- He's not a great... I'm a little surprised that they don't put more time into the flying controls when you're a dragon with wings. But I also know that he can't fly for some reason unless he gets the ability to fly, which is... I guess it would break the game if you could just fly everywhere. I, I had so to assume have... that's the only reason he can't fly normally is because it would break the game if you could.
1: If Oh, if you want to talk about broken game, there is a glitch sort of thing that he can double jump. I don't know if you... He's...
0: Like... I can do the glide and then jump at the end of the glide.
1: No, no, no. So if you, if you jump straight up and you don't move at all and then you hit like the charge button and then jump again, it's like a double jump. So you could, it's a broken component in it, but you, I think they fixed it for their trilogy because it was not meant to happen. So there's a couple times where you can like bypass entire things with this little, so it's like a, I think you press X for the jump square for the charge. Like you don't move forward at all but X for the jump square for the charge and then X again. And then you get like a second jump.
0: Oh dude. You know what? Like I don't use a lot of those glitches in games. Cause I'd rather just play the game. You know what I mean? But I, there's just to quickly talk retro gaming as a whole. Like there's just, there's just something charming about retro games and the fact that they can't patch stuff like that out. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, it's just, it's there and it's always going to be there. And if you find them, it's up to you if you want to use them or not, but they're like we can't fix it, and there's just something. It's just one of those little nods to retro gaming that I like that they can't patch stuff. But you know, I mean, it's different if it's something game breaking, but when it's just something that can make the game easier if you want to, I, I kind of like that those things get left. Like you, you, when you buy a retro game, you get warts and all. I, I don't know. I like that. There's just something, something about that. I don't know. Maybe I'm just call me old fashioned, but that's how I. It's. I was gonna go on an old man
1: rant there, but then I couldn't think of anything else to say.
0: Um so, but I like that.
1: I was gonna say the one thing I think they've really improved from the first again. Me saying positive things about this game's difficult for me. Um <laughs> I didn't realize but, you just like this game that much. That makes me laugh. That makes yeah, me happy what I, like what I it. feel happy. No, because like I love the series. Like I the, the first spiral is one of my favorite games of all time. Yeah. But for me, it's kind of like the first spiral. I think we even talked about this uh last time. It's like it's as close to like a perfect platformer game you can get. Like it's, it's so well polished. It's cleaned up. It's like, for me, it was like the perfect PlayStation game. Like if you were to give someone one game to kind of advertise and show off what the original PlayStation could do for me, it was the first Spyro and this one, it's just so cluttered and sloppy. And like, I, again, it's not a bad game. It's just, I feel as a huge step back, from the first one it's kind of like if you were like do do you ever like do like like art class in school yeah i tried yeah okay well trying is good enough i guess but like (laughs) where you'd kind of be like there gets to a point on your presentation or your project where you're like oh my god it's perfect and then all of a sudden you're gonna be like i'm just gonna add this and then i'm gonna add this and then i'm gonna add this and you're like what have i done to this why did i do all these like that's kind of where it is for me with the second one. Cause I feel it's such a step back from how clean and polished the first one was, uh, with a lot of the things they added. But the one thing that they did change that I think was a lot better for the game is kind of how the boss levels worked. I like, I, yeah, I love all the boss fights in this game. Like I feel the boss fights in this game kind of remind me more of like a crash bandicoot boss or even like a, uh, yeah I'd say like a crash bandicoot boss kind of thing where the the enemy isn't backing down and scurrying off and you have to go chase them down and be like hey come back here yeah like um I do like how the boss levels there aren't as many of them but I I do like how the 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 bosses kind of go through their sequences of it's going to do this then it's going to do this then kind of go through your rule of three or five or whatever it is for you to actually finish them finish them off and so that is one thing I feel they did improve from the first game was the bosses. Um, and also I like that the bosses aren't at like a portal waiting for you. They just kind of show up. Yeah. Yeah. They're there.
0: It's funny because like I, the only boss fight I remember from the first game is the final boss and that fucking scene where you have to chase him around that giant board, like that giant path. And I just fucking hated that so much. Whereas in this one, I can't remember what the first boss fight is. I remember fighting The first, the first the boss one is
1: that kind... Yeah, I think that's the first one, isn't it?
0: I don't remember. I remember fighting him and I remember obviously fighting Ripto, but I don't remember the first boss fight. Um, But I... Yeah, I don't... But I do... Like it I the say, one
1: after the the monk. The one after the monk? The mm-hmm. monk level? Was that it?
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: Yeah.
0: Because I agree with you. Like I thought that the... Like you fight crush i think his name is the giant rhino thing or whatever the fuck he was and uh and i really enjoyed that fight and then i thought the fight against ripto where yeah he just straight up is like all right let's fucking let's rumble like i'm like that's what a final boss like that's what a boss is supposed to do and 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 like listen i've been playing games a long time you've been playing games if you've been playing games for any length of time you know that bosses at least final bosses have more than one form you know that and so in the, when you fight the final boss and you fight Ripto, like you beat him, and he's not actually very hard to beat the first time. Then he comes back and he's riding on top of uh, Crush, I think. And then you know, I was like, oh, fuck yeah. So then when I beat them, now the third guy is going to be here. And I'm going to have to fight all three of them. And then that's what you had to do. But I actually... I was like, this is... I historically on this podcast rant about how much i hate final bosses because i think that a vast majority of them are garbage and they're just bullet sponges or whatever you want to call it they take a ton of damage and they're just annoying i thought the boss fights in this were actually surprisingly clever like you fight ripto and then if you beat him now he's riding on this giant rhino and you're picking up the different colored orbs and you had to pick up three colored orbs to give you a various power then use that power on ripto or whatever and then you had to fight him flying around. And I was like, this was, I, I had no complaints. I was like, that was a great, and I rarely say this about any video game. That was a, including Mario games. I think some Bowser fights fucking suck, but I thought that was an incredibly entertaining boss fight. Like I was like, that was, and I think Ripto's a great character. I love that. He's just the classic evil, angry, little, you know, maybe little man co-
1: syndrome. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's compensating, but he's got the two minions that, you know, help him out. Uh, I actually thought Ripto was an infinitely better boss than the boss in the first game.
1: Nasty Nork? Yeah. Do you know what uh, Do you know... <laughs> well, it, it's it's it's... Uh, yeah, it's alliteration when nasty is spelled with a G. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, did, I feel like the boss fight for um, Ripto kind of reminds... You, you You did the Ratchet and Clank for the PS4, right? Yep. Do you kind of remember that last boss? Yeah. Yeah, like the different stages, these, oh, you're flying around now, you're now, like, it kind of reminded me of that a bit.
0: Yeah, like, to me, like, at least at their core design, the best final bosses aren't a final, I hate it when the final boss of a game is the villain that you have been trying to get your hands on the entire game. And then when you finally get your hands on them, they morph into this giant fucking whole different creature. And you're like, well, for fucks, like I waited to, like I'm a pro wrestling f- super fan. And like the big, like the the at, the, at its core of pro wrestling, it's good guys versus villains. And what they do is they make you wait and wait and wait to see the hero get his hands on the villain. And it would ruin everything if when the hero finally got the hands on the villain, the villain fucking tripled in size and grew two more arms and went nuts you know what i mean like i and and that was what i liked about this was i was like no it's just gonna be this fucking angry little guy and his two henchmen and they're gonna team up to try to take you down and i i know that's gonna sound like nothing more than semantics to people but i think that is such a great like that's how i want my final boss to be let me get my hands on the guy that's been pestering me for the last 15 or 20 hours which is exactly what this did
1: like, I know what you're talking about, and now that I'm thinking about it, I'm drawing a blank. Like, I feel like I've played a ton of games like that. I'm trying to think of one where, like, I, I, like while you're talking, like, oh, I got to come up with one that he's talking, like, can you come up with an example? I'm uh, trying to think of Like, one. of a boss that turns into, like, a whole different boss? Yeah, like, I mean, tons other than, of- like, Other than like Jafar from Aladdin or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, and him I don't
0: like. And if you tell me early that that final boss has powers and is going to be able to do that, then I can accept it. Because I'm like, well, okay. Like, at least I knew. But it's like if if he had this power the whole fucking time, then why didn't he bust it out? You know the one that pops into my mind right away is I adore Resident Evil 4. That is one of my favorite video games ever made in the history of this business. I love that game. But that little motherfucker. Have
1: you played Resident Evil 4? I've not. It's too scary for me, Adam. Okay.
0: Then so I'm I'm not gonna be spoiling anything for you. It's not a big spoiler no. anyway.
1: I I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna touch it. Don't okay. Worry. I can't remember
0: what his name was, but there's this little little motherfucker, and he looks like one of the old like fucking he's got like the white curly hair coming down out of the like fancy British like Snobby hat. I don't know, like almost like a. I don't know how to explain him, but if you, you've seen one, you've seen them all. He's got the leggings and shit on, and he just keeps popping up and antagonizing you, and you can't wait, you can't wait, you can't wait to fucking get him. And then when you finally get to him, it turns out he is this giant fucking mutant, or he merges with this giant mutant or something, and then he's stuck in a wall, and you have to shoot him in this giant mutant face. And I was just like, dude, why couldn't it just be that I fight this little shit that's been running his mouth at me for the last twenty hours? Like, why? Like, and that's the stuff I'm talking talking about where i'm just like god just let me if you're gonna make your villain be a little chicken shit then make him be a little chicken shit when it's time to go and that i thought that was great i really really like no joke i thought ripto was one of the highlights of the game when he popped up i thought he was fucking great
1: just you know what game that comes to mind now that i think of it that does that almost every single time legend of zelda mm-hmm. ganon always turns into this giant and it's like what and where Ga- where was this
0: yeah ganon's badass on his own like just leave him as ganon like yeah, uh, yeah. anyway I don't know I yeah I liked Ripto dude there's one scene maybe I'm wrong I want to say there's a scene in this game cuz I played I won't lie to you guys I I I had a rom of this game and a, a couple of times the sound cut out during the cutscenes but is there not a scene in this game where somebody is talking shit about ripto and being like if he was here i would blah 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 and he walks oh, that, in that's, behind him yeah
1: yeah yeah that's uh that's uh scrooge mcduck bear yeah yeah, yeah. and he's talking yeah, about he how is. if
0: ripto was here he's like i'd teach him a lesson and ripto walked in behind him it was just standing and he just there Gets
1: crushed yeah. i
0: thought that was like those are those little scenes where i'm like there's that charm like this game has its charm it's just different it's it's some ways better some ways worse i'm curious like does the third i have not played the third yet does the third flip around the script again?
1: I have a confession to make, Adam. After I played this one, I never touched the third. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Like, it's it wow. Left a, the first is my one of my favorite games of all time. And then this one kind of I was like, no, I'm done. I'm I'm good. <laughs> I don't need to know how to end.
0: I don't think I've ever had a sequel break my heart that much. I'm like trying to think. If there's a game that I love so much that when I played the second one,
1: I was like, God damn it. Fuck this. I can't think of one. Well, I was so I was going, so this is my plan. Like granted when I was a kid, a lot of these times I was like relying on the rental at Blockbuster. Of course. And uh this go around. Like, so when we, when we reviewed when, when the trilogy came out, I was like, okay, I'm going to play the first one beginning to end, and hundred percent. Cause I love that game. And then I was like, I'm going to try to play Ripto's Rage again. Uh, and I bailed on it last time. The only the only reason I replayed it this time was for the podcast. And uh, yeah, I never made it to the third one. But my idea was when the trilogy came out, I would play through the second one of Ripto's Rage and I'll give the third one a try on the remastered version. But I never I never got to it. This mm. game destroyed my soul. Well, for what it's
0: worth, I'm looking right now, because I haven't played the third yet either, and Keegs uh, and his stupid arrow handle, one of our regulars, one of the oldest old school hot dogs here in the community, uh, actually hooked me up with a copy of the Reignited trilogy, and I was like, thank you, and normally when someone's kind enough to give me a game, I'm like, well, I'm going to play this fucking game, but I told him that I wanted to play the original trilogy first, because I do think, I assume that it would be a little difficult to go back to the original trilogy after playing like the remake, you know what I mean? Like They'd seem so ancient. And so all I have left is the third one. And for what it's worth, I just looked it up on Me- on Metacritic. The third one's got a 91 on Metacritic right now.
1: The original What's it third game. Sec- what did the second one have? I'll tell you. Uh,
0: Metacritic. Oh, the second one, it doesn't... Hang on. The second one doesn't say it on its Wikipedia page. This is bad podcasting. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> so, well, I got to be honest, man. I'm, I'm, I get hurts my heart that this game that this game let you down a little bit because i don't i like i have franchises that i love and i have you know like mario i have historically said that i don't i don't love mario sunshine mario 64 and i have kind of mended fences but at times it bothered me like i have games i have franchises that i love where the odd game stands out and i'm like ah, i didn't really care for that but i really didn't like i
1: i don't well, know if I, I think I, like, I also what's that i also kind of went through like a, a phase change of the games i was playing like uh I kind of this. I think what it was, is I was, like, I was kind of done, I'm like, okay, Spyro's kind of runs course. After this, I kind of got into the Final Fantasy 7, 8, 9 on the PS1. And then shortly after that, I got a PS2 and kind of moved on to Ratchet and Clank and stuff. So I think part of it might be the timing that I never got to the third one.
0: Right. That's but, when, <laughs> uh, The second one came out when you were in your Rebellious Teenager uh, oh, you stage know when I, life?
1: well cuz when you when you hit grade 7 you automatically have to get really into anime and like the final fantasy type style things it's right. just what all the cool kids did back then now not so much um but yeah no i just didn't uh I just kind of i think my game the games i was really into kind of changed and maybe that's why i never got to the third one
0: um not to change the subject we're gonna we're staying we're talking <clears throat> excuse me we're talking spyro, we're gonna wrap this thing up pretty quick but i'm just curious you mentioned final fantasy 7 8 9 have you played all three of them yeah so because obviously listen i've historically said that well i think final fantasy 7 is a fine game i do think it's just a little bit overrated, personally. But I, do you like Final Fantasy VIII? Because you talk about a game that changed the formula after the first one. I'm just curious.
1: I feel feel the three, eight holds up the best. If you're to pick it up and play the original, I feel eight holds up the best.
0: I'm a nine guy, but I like eight, and I reviewed eight on the show. I don't know, six months ago, and I took a lot of heat for standing up for fucking Final Fantasy VIII. But I'm like, you got oh, so Spyro Two is not on metacritic. But for what it's worth, I I think that Final Fantasy VIII is a fine game, and some of you are just haters. But that's just. That's a different podcast for a different day. I'm just curious. Um <laughs> yeah. Okay, well now I want to play number three and see what the fuck. See, I want to see if it like takes the best of one. Because I'm telling you right now, like I, I definitely think we're going to give this game different scores. I, I, I didn't, I didn't fall in love with this one like I did the first one, but I also still think that like, I, I really enjoyed my time with it. Like I will lie to you, I've been playing Tomb Raider, and well, I think it's a good game. Near the end of it, I'm started to be like, okay, now it's just a little bit, I'm ready for this to be done. I never felt like that with Spyro. Like Spyro 2. I was playing through it and I was like, I just had a good time. Like I'm a fan, like Spyro, I've only played the original two games, but the series has a fan in me now i'm like these were two fun charming games and you know what dude they kept spyro's attitude from the first game maybe not quite as much but i just love his voice like because it's just not the voice you would expect this fucking cute little purple dragon with a pet sidekick butter or dragonfly to have like you'd expect him to have like a mickey mouse voice and he just doesn't have it and i love that I, i think the writing in these games is underrated frankly i think it's funny so that's me um you ready to score this thing? Is there anything we missed? I, Is there anything uh, else you want to praise or yell about? You're welcome to. I love yelling on this show.
1: Oh man, I, I think I, I think I've hit everything I didn't like maybe over and over a few too many times. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think I think I'm good. All it's, right. Uh, yeah
0: all right well then let's score this bad boy uh i wonder how many levels there is that's what i wanted to score it out of was how many levels there is but it's not gonna fucking tell me you stupid piece of shit
1: like overall levels or worlds because you'd think with oh here okay i've got one more thing to complain about okay go you know how like each world has like its own like season yeah but they only have three.
0: Oh, yes actually that irritated me too that there was like Fucking... i thought there
1: was gonna be a fourth i thought there's gonna oh no fourth okay yeah All right, well, we're done here yeah, minor
0: okay. minor thing but yeah they're like <laughs> it's like winter summer and spring i think or something yeah. like that summer forest autumn plains winter tundra did they just run out maybe they just ran out of time because i'm like i was floored by that i'm like how did you i totally thought that after you beat ripto there would be a fourth like a, a spring world and it's just a minor thing, but I'm uh yeah, I agree with you. I was shocked that there wasn't a spring level. That was very odd. I don't get that. Maybe
1: his vacation, uh his vacation is spring. or they could have easily made like change it up a bit so it's like spring something, winter something, autumn something, and then his vacation is summer or whatever. Yeah, anyways, yeah. oh well. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well, I'm just gonna we are going with how many. Holy fuck, there's a lot. I was gonna say how many okay. Oh no, there we go. Okay. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. It looks like there's, if you count the Reignited Trilogy as one game, it looks like there's 14 Spyro games. So uh, there might be more than that, but there's 14 in the release timeline on Wikipedia, so we're going out of 14, and if I'm wrong, some nerd is going to yell at me for it, I'm sure. So on a scale of 1 to 14, what would you, the self-proclaimed Spyro guy, what would you what I feel like we I feel like you've you you've like gotten through some therapy today. You're like I've exercised a couple <laughs> of demons, I can fucking move on.
1: What Maybe would you, I'll play a third one. Maybe I'll play a yeah, third
0: one. Yeah, yeah. You can finally like you mend like it's like it's like a brother that you got in a fight with years ago and haven't talked to since. And we're trying to get you guys back together. What would you uh, what would you score Spyro 2, Ripto's
1: rage out of 14, Darren? Oh, I'd probably say ten.
0: All right. Well, that's enough. See, that's a that's like a 7 out of 10. That's a fine score.
1: Like I said, it's not a bad game. I yeah. feel they just ruined something that was great. That's all. That's fair.
0: It's like they added bacon to the Big Mac, and it fucking ruined the Big Mac. Uh, Which it did, by the way. Big Macs are better without bacon. Fucking eat me. Um, I'll go because it's McDonald's bacon, and it's just like salt pressed into the shape of a bacon. Anyway, I, that's a different podcast for another day. Uh, You know what? I'm going to go... I'm going to go probably a 12 out of 14. I like this game. I, like for what it's worth, I'd probably give the original like a 13. So like it's a little bit better. Okay. But I still thought this was a fun. I had a good time. I, I will say I found myself getting less frustrated because the original Spyro, that treetops level and chasing those little bastards with the eggs made me angrier than anything in Spyro 2. But Spyro 2, I thought the overworld was just a little bit unorganized. And while I didn't have a problem with with going to Big Fat Bear to get abilities, they spaced that out way too much. Like, it should have been that he was like, if I need the ladder climbing ability in the first world, then just have him standing there and tell me go find 300 crystals or whatever and then come back and get the ladder before I go into the fucking level where I need the ladder ability. Like, that, that would have been nice instead of the, like, unnecessary backtracking. Um, but Ripto's great. I thought more of the side challenges were good than not. Spyro still has his charm, and I want to know, I want to know if he hooks up with the with the girl there because they seemed like they were they were they were into each other. And I want to know if, uh, and I want to know what happens in the third one now. Like I got, like I'm telling you, I'm gonna play the third one sooner than later now because now I'm so interested.
1: I, I have a quick question for you then. Shoot, because when I when I touched base with you, probably what was it like three weeks ago? Maybe yeah, months probably. Ago, uh and you said you liked it more yeah you're like you so what kind of changed because you gave the original a 13 this one a 12 so what part of this were you kind of like you know what maybe it's not as good as the first one maybe Darren's right like what part <laughs> did that uh wouldn't that come in
0: I would say first of all I think that the overworld really turned me off exploring that overworld was just i found it to be such a nuisance and when you said it i was like you're right i spent especially the second world i spent so much time just aimlessly running around in that fucking world trying to figure out where the last two portals that i needed to go were um and then you know what the other thing is and i think this is a big thing for a lot of video games it's one thing to finish a video game and be like that was a great game i had a lot of fun i always look at games as like how did they stay with me two three four weeks whatever afterwards do you know what I mean? Cuz like I've had games that I've I've loved when I'm playing them and then I'm done it and then a couple of days later I'm like I never want to play that again. And I have other games where I've done it and I'm like fuck, I would play that again in a heartbeat. And this was one that like as I was playing it I was having a good time and I still think it's a good game. But like I would sit down and play the original Spyro again over like a weekend and have a good time with it. I had fun with this but I don't really feel the need to ever sit down and play it again. So I it's not it's kind of indescribable, but it's just that that lasting uh, impression that it's left on me, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, 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 totally, totally. It
0: just doesn't, just didn't leave that long-term love with me, like, by the way, before we end this thing, like, I'm just curious, maybe your game is Spiral the Dragon, but, like, the game that always pops into my mind the most is the original Last of Us, where I'm just like, I finished that, and, like, I was like, I'm hesitant to say that that's maybe a top three game of all time for me. But like right now I feel like that and I'll see how I feel like about it down the road. And it's been years and I'm still like, no, that's one of the, my favorite video games ever. Like, do you know what? Like if you got a game or maybe Spyro is your game that you just, the minute you finished it, you were like, that's one of my all, like that's on my Mount Rushmore. That's one of my all time greats. Like that was a masterpiece. Or is that the original Spyro for you?
1: Uh, no, for me, it's probably the PS4 remake of Ratchet and Clank.
0: That was a fucking dude. That was my first Ratchet and Clank, and I actually thought Rift Apart. Well, great. I actually liked it a little less than the PS4 Ratchet and Clank because the PS4 one was just so magical, man.
1: Yeah, they they again another conversation for uh, Ratchet and Clank, but they did do uh, they did a good job kind of taking out a bit because the original PS3 one was a lot longer. But right. yeah, yeah. Now, first- I, I'm scared to
0: play the original now because I've played the remake and I'm like, well, it's not gonna live up to this. This was
1: it fucking might. incredible. It might. It might. ratchet
0: and clank are awesome oh yeah by the way uh oh no i can't fuck i'll say it to you off air because i can't say it on the podcast because it'll give away an episode that we're planning down the road but i'll say it to you when we hang
1: up uh all right sounds good
0: darren thanks for doing this buddy and uh can i pencil you in for spiral three down the road when i get around to it
1: yeah 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 give me give me a give me about a month's notice and i can i can uh i can see if i can uh, be strong enough to do it
0: <laughs> and i and i want you to you uh, you can just uh, thank me later for saving you the therapist bills because you don't have to go to a therapist about spyro 2 anymore well cause that, you're that's done. what
1: comedian because no we're comedians we do that instead of therapy anyways. yeah that's true yeah yeah
0: because yeah, we're fucking
1: psychos uh yeah. <laughs> darren thanks buddy that was fun yeah no problem thank you
0: That's gonna do it for this week's episode, Darren. Thank you so much for giving me a call and talking a little Spyro Two with me, and uh, to every single one of you, every single one of you. And I'm talking specifically to you right now, hearing my voice in your ears. Whether this is your first episode, your 163rd episode, whether you lost a bet and have to listen to this, maybe your spouse is listening to this in the car, and you fucking have no interest, but you had to force, you were forced to listen to it anyway. For, for whatever reason, you're hearing my voice. Thank you so much for giving us a chance, and I hope that you stick around. And uh, hey, I don't bring this up that often, but if you didn't hate the show and you're listening on a pro- on a platform that allows reviews, throw us a review, would you? They make me feel nice. They, I, I think they help us. I don't know for sure if they help the podcast and the algorithm and stuff, but I think they do. So yeah, if you didn't hate it, throw us a review. And if you really didn't hate it, consider signing up for Patreon. And I know it's like, oh, dude, shut up. I built a Patreon. But I don't plug it too much. And it's only two bucks a month. And you're right at the beginning of the month, so it's the best time to sign up because our Patreon poll is going live this week. You can vote for a game we're going to cover on the show. You can DM with me, join our Discord. You get instant access to over 100 bonus podcasts. You get two additional podcasts every week. You can write in with stuff to be read on the show. It's maybe the greatest bargain in the history of the world, patreon.com slash Game. And, oh, yeah, don't forget that I'll be at the Calgary Expo on Saturday, September 11th, hosting a panel about podcasting. So if you're going to be at the Calgary Expo on Saturday, September 11th, come by and say hi to me. It would be nice to meet you, and I'll take pictures if anyone wants to, or I'll spit on you if you want me to do that. Don't no, you can't spit on me. I used to let people do that, but it got out of hand. Um, it's my problem. I'll deal with it. And that'll do it. So thank you, everybody, so much for listening to the show. I'll be back next week with episode 164. And... uh yeah stay safe clean your controllers wash your hands do all that kind of stuff and i'll talk to you guys again soon thanks a lot cheers remember the game is brought to you by our patreons i could not produce all the content i turn out every week without all of your support so i would like to take a quick moment to thank everyone that has supported us at patreon.com remember the game so a huge thank you to Dave, makeshift mallow money, Todd, Joe Buck, Ben Drinkin', Sharonic, Andre, Stupid Monkey, Freezer Burnt, Tyler, Michael Mathis, Fake McHugh, Joshua Shenfield, Jeffrey Mathis, Keeggs in his Stupid Arrow Handle, Jin and Chris, James Clark, Robert Lipa, Sean Razine, Dave McGee, DNA Gaming, Joe Gillespie, Nathan Warzika, Ashley Cronenbitter, Ben Bouillieu, Slick Rick, Evan Refuse, Doug Dorn, Chris Fleury, Josh Morgan, Charlie Madero, Scott V. Rex Sheldon, Andrew Wright, Gary C., Divalk, Luca, Kate Roberts, They Call Me Badger, Joe Mack, Desert Tortoise, Jordan, Dylan. Do Howe, Kevin Hufford, Jason Cortez, the Good Enough Gamer, Fraser Burns, Brian McKay, Alex Martinez, April Sane, Nick Sills, Vladstein, Kyle Paul, Mark 209, Lil Bunny Fufu 89, Matt Brown, Ben Boucha, Adam Anderson, Aaron Cuphall, Dan T, Dave Thompson, No One Cares, Mackenzie Wheeler, Brandon O'Brien, Chris Campbell, Chuck Schlarp, Wyman Brooks, Yamcha, Scott Brooks, Leon K, Adam O'Sherelelo, Dario Oman, Stitch, Aaron Lawson, Miklos Blackshaw, the T. Michael Hegg, Mr. Nick, Matt McLean, Brian Ransom, Miles from BringBackRetro.com, Retro.com, White Burrow, Chris Knife 007, Nathan Trombley, Mark Jones, A Town, Andre SJA Flash, Brian Medeiros, Tom Kite, Danny Vega, David Ray, Geek Life Radio, Morgan, Ryan Yeager, John Quack, Zane Donovan, Adam J, S2S, Jerbear, Arpad Bodos, Ryan Kinchin, Tommy Reynolds, defunct mike maloney christopher russell ryan bayshore retro ghosty ghost x water vincent l very cool dude Jake clutch starl probin tim riel the giraffe jared pb mcfadden g9 psx tim l dominic s thompson martin greenwood wolverine films Peeves, silver grunion mr satan raging demon Poops Loomis, 8-Bit bovi Pat Duddy, MPG and Buffalo, James Anderson, Amy Gillen, Dana Wucheral, That One Kid Nick, Potato Bob Guy, Mad Shibs, Mercury869, Derek Jane, Rodrigo Tamazi, Kelly, Jesse Clark, Pie Messiah, Sean Clifford, The Honest Pokemon Trainer, Bracken Newcomb, Zootroy, MFelf, A Novel Console, Fabe 5150 Example Text, AJ Jones, AJ Freeman, JB Retromania, Ferdy Martinez, Troy Kzuniak, Brendan Hine, Boognish, Wolfgang Darren, Ninja Lunchbox 79, Mr. Me Sexel 406, Thurpamus Prime, seriously Ron P, Sam Wright, Retro Bismol, Andy Hudson, John Byrne 86, Joshua Davis, Stefan Fukasawa, Thor the Hammered, Kinslayer, Rogue Agent, Jafar McJr, Mega Man2OG, A, Goth C Dane, Aaron Baker, Lord Finish, K Jam, Chris Coplin, Spencer C Weiss, Mandingo, Cody Poland, J McC, or JMC, here we go logan hale doogie matt mcclain pizza power super Nintendo dudes, nathan freak mike burks trevor seven oaks ryan McCowan, Kerry waka waka fob paul zo magic wolf magic k21 johnny ccdc ccdc holy christ i suck at this Joel leblonde raul aguirre i worked at subway david phillips Corey street gary heather carmichael nicholas squints John Deschazzo, Tense Sparkster, Omega 88, Swedish Fish, Nathaniel Shelley, Explode Processing, Tim Chombo, Chowdy Laudi, Joseph Gonzalez, Lee Spilling, Dan Wagner, Daniel McKee, Candido, K Cuz, Guest House Productions, Bones02, S2Von5000, Titan420, Jose E. Marco, Seth Mayfield, Tom Calvert, Chris Freeman, Kyle Bolton, Scarlett, Zonko504, Lee Sparks, A Sharp J, Oprah's Iron Fist, Tom Maya, Adam ferrer Russell Aldridge, Chris Dory, Cla- Classic Crusade, Big G, Astral Soul, Shannon Willis, Scott Roseberry, Karth from Kotor, Sean Radford, Chance McCoy, Josh Valentini, Hammond Egger Ronnie Sachs, My Name is Adam and Mega Man Sucks. Jeff Bergeron, Adam, Ian Watts, Dale Baker, Joe Kirby, Captain N, Owen the Game, Fur Chuck, Super Dave, Plucky Beast, Broken Spoilers, Harmony, Harmonies David, Game Nomad Misi, Tristan, Jerry Robinson, Emily Luna, Kenneth Michael Brown, Leigh Evans, Daniel Stidham, Darth Obvious, Master Boig, Leon Napskog, Trapper Keeper 1000, Daniel, Astro Alpica, Rob Strothman, Ryan Groinus, Kaiser Dragon, Pee Pee Poo Poo Cuckoo Pants, Kyle Dodd, Jared Bushlin, Stu jarek <laughs> Eden Awaits 1981, Tunable Power, Borrow, The Gray Bearded One, Dan Taylor, Swanee, Hayes87, Lukey e. mole Danny Proudfoot, Tom Danks, John Woodruff, Angel Cortez, Dusty Salad, Chris Meisner, Randy Barrage, Neo Nevis, Andy Spillin, Brian Spritzer, Michael Clark, Chalupa Cabra, Thomas Simmons, Sean Byron, Rocker Dude, Saskatchewan River Pirate, What Great Gaming, MikeyNL83, I Am The Mutt, Juga, Brian Sherborne, Joseph Champetti, Adam Fisher, Adam Stank, Generic Schilling, Noob Q, g virus 88 beth rob kinsley benny mb shadow annex 626 vomit the soul strife 89 thermopolis paul rakowski liam micah veal chris daniels gareth dunn matt denzalo evan king caruso 64 david deegan michael bayshore eric shavinius matthew and jules forever holmes ryan gibbons dan s adam goldstein beagle the butch austin ursetti matt high nemo sandoval matthew centrone and noah bleem fuck i suck at this but either way thank you all so much if i mispronounced your name consider it a badge of honor i appreciate the support i'll talk to you again next week cheers